Welcome to the Teach Them Diligently podcast, where we dive deep into conversations about topics that impact Christian homeschooling families, exploring parenting, discipleship, marriage, and education as we go. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and I am so glad you're here. I'll be joined today by Sonia Schaefer of Simply Charlotte Mason. So many Teach Them Diligently families are interested in the Charlotte Mason method that I wanted to bring in an expert to talk to us all about it. And I can't wait for you to dive in with us as Sonia shares some of the philosophy, habits, and action points that make a Charlotte Mason education so unique and so natural. You're in for a real treat, so stay tuned. Before we dive in, though, I am beyond excited to tell you about my new book, Homeschooling for the Heart, How Amazing Parents Become Excellent Home Educators. It's available now in digital form for only $5, and I sincerely believe it will be a great help and encouragement to you as you homeschool and parent your precious children. Go to teachthemdiligently.net forward slash book to learn more and download your copy today. I've been overwhelmed and grateful for the feedback that I've already received from those who have read it, and I'm eager to hear your thoughts as well. So go to teachthemdiligently.net forward slash book to get your copy now. And now, won't you join me in welcoming the wonderful Sonia Schaefer to the podcast today. All right. Welcome back, everybody. I am really, really excited to welcome Sonia Schaefer of Simply Charlotte Mason with us today. Um, Sonia is a longtime friend. In fact, as we were praying before we started talking, I was really just marveling at how long we have known each other, how God has knit our hearts together through a commonality of purpose in really serving families, pointing pointing them to him, and then helping them see how how all of these things can strengthen what they're doing with their children. And so I am very, very pleased to welcome Sonia to the program today. So Sonia, thank you for joining us. I am, as always, so glad to chat with you. Oh, I love chatting with you, Leslie. Thanks for inviting me to join you today. You are so, so welcome. For those who may not know who you are, haven't been to our events, haven't heard you in the myriad of other places or ways, can you tell us a little bit about what you do, kind of what Simply Charlotte Mason is, what your vision is and your focus so that as we dive into what we're going to talk about today, they, they feel like they know you a little bit better? Sure, I'd be happy to. Well, first of all, I'm a homeschool mom. I've got four daughters. We call them our little women. And I've graduated three, and I'm still homeschooling our youngest who has special needs. Early on in this process, I went to a convention, and in one of the workshops, I had introduced to me the Charlotte Mason Method, which was one way that you can approach homeschooling. And it still is one way you can approach homeschooling. So I started learning more about it, and over the years, I was sharing what I had learned with other people, and it just got easier to put it on the web. So we created Simply Charlotte Mason, and it has, well, I'll say grown. Let's put it this way. I often describe it as a hobby that got out of control. Right. <laughs> basically what it is. But we try to, to encourage other people and educate them in the wonderful philosophy and methods that just seem so natural to a lot of the things we're already doing as a homeschool family. And we try to encourage other moms and dads who are homeschooling 
And also along the way, we create resources that we wish we had had when we were starting out the journey as well. So that's, that's basically what we're doing. Well, I love that. And, and everybody needs to go check out Simply Charlotte Mason. They have so many great things. She has a, a Bible memory tool that we used with the kids when they were younger. It is so phenomenal where you just, the repetition and the going over it, you, you need to go check that out. If nothing else, just go check that out right now. Well, wait till after the podcast. But we were, you know, as, <laughs> as, as I've been kind of talking to people, and I'm sure you've run into this too, Sonia, there are so many new homeschoolers. In fact, unprecedented doesn't seem to go far enough with the influx of families who are kind of putting their toe in this arena of home education. And yet I feel like for so many of them, this the overwhelm is even worse because they're being thrown into it. And so what would you say to the families who are just starting, who are looking for any kind of help to make this make sense for them? What what are some of the things that you've learned through the years that, that may be helpful to just kind of get them to focus in on the right things rather than looking at everything at once? Well, first of all, pray about it. That's the big thing. I mean, yes, you were thrown into this and you might feel like you got thrown in the deep end, but it's not a surprise to the Lord and he will direct your paths. So look to him. That's the first thing. And then the second thing is look at your family and see what approach is going to fit your family best. That's one of the great benefits of homeschooling is that it does not have to look like, number one, it doesn't have to look the same for every family. And number two, it doesn't have to look exactly like the way you were taught or school at home. If that's what's going to work well, do that but you don't have to, you're not locked into it. So if you can get just a quick overview of, there are basically, there are lots of different approaches, but I usually boil them all down to about five main approaches. And I do this workshop at the Teach Them Diligently conventions every year to help people find the approach that's going to fit them best. And we're not gonna get into all the approaches today, but you can quickly access that video. It's free on YouTube. You can watch it and and see the overview of the five different approaches and find the one that's going to fit you best. Um, we'll leave a link to that. Can we leave a link to that? Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And I, I want to tack on because I love what you said about, you know, first of all, look to the Lord, obviously pray about how you should approach your, your homeschool and so on. Look to your family, recognize that it doesn't have to look like, um, look like someone else's look, look specifically like how you learned. But I would also say it doesn't have to look like what you did last year, last month, whatever. I found that homeschooling, one of the beauties of homeschooling is you're able to adapt and grow and change even as you're going along. And so I never had two years that looked alike. My kids were older. I was older in my, you know, more confident in what I was doing. So I was doing some more wild and crazy put together things. So, you know, (laughs) that's the other thing that's so awesome about the freedom that we have is this is an endeavor that as you are growing, it actually grows with you. And that's a super cool thing, I think. Absolutely. I would agree with that. Usually, 
in a school system, they're locked in. Once they make the choice, they're locked into that. And the beauty is that we can adjust to fit our children, to fit each individual child, and to fit the seasons that that child might be going through or that the family might be going through. We were talking before this started of different things that are happening with our families just this past season. And the homeschool, what homeschooling would look like in that situation might change. It might look different from how it looked, as you said, last year, or different from how it's going to look next year. And that's okay. In fact, embrace that and revel in that freedom. Because isn't that how God treats his children? You know, it's not a one size fits all education for every one of his children. It is a step-by-step individual process of discipleship. And that's really what homeschooling is as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And the the tailoring it to the child, to the season of life, all of those things actually kind of weave together this tapestry of memories and learning together and growing together that make relationships and families so strong the longer they stay in it. It is so much about relationships and about growth. Those are the two things that really stand out to me. And it's so different from the way that we were educated. You know, back then it's about what facts do you know and at what age can you spit them out? But it is about your relationship with the people around you, with God first, I should have said that first, that's the foremost knowledge we need to have. The first relationship is with God, with the people around you, whether they are living or people in history, having a relationship where you know them as people and you understand the trials they went through and the way that shaped their characters. That relation is so important. And then third, the relationship you have with the things God has made, with nature with um, mathematics, the laws he has made of mathematics, uh, all of those things, those relationships are so important. And then growth is the other thing that stands out to me, that the goal, one thing that Charlotte Mason said a lot, and it really resonates with my heart, is that the goal of education is growth as a person. It's not just dumping facts into the brain. It is helping this child, this student, to grow as a person. And actually, that's the same for all of us. No matter how old we are, that's the goal, is to keep growing as a person. Yeah, absolutely. And and homeschooling gives you so many opportunities to do that. Personally, I when we first started homeschooling, I was dumbfounded with how much I was learning and growing. And, and I was doing it at a time when I was mature enough to understand the coolness of what we were studying. So like I was geeking out over this history stuff and art stuff and all of these things because now I'm learning it when I really appreciate it. But my excitement of kind of being introduced to it again overflowed into helping my kids be more excited about it. And so we were then learning naturally together, 
bringing daddy in when he would get home or when he'd get done with what he was doing. So the kids were able to teach it, which is an amazing thing. And, and so now all six of us were moving in the same direction and growing together. And that's why it's so good, not just for growth, but for relationships. We are doing all of this stuff together and the value of that cannot be overstated. I agree. And it's not just growth in what we know. It is growth. And I don't know about you, Leslie, but I grew in my um, character, shall we say? Oh, yes. My um, patience levels, my uh, keeping a sweet, even temper, my um, uh, being able to uh, put priorities where they should be. I'm trying to word this in a good way. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? You know, we grew in, in character as well as in knowledge. Yes. And that's, you know, discipleship. That's what it is. Growing as a complete person. Absolutely. And we're modeling that for our children. We're able to show them firsthand what growth in character looks like. And they're seeing it and they're able to to then model that and, and start taking that on in the situations that come into their own life. Just an amazing, amazing thing. We could talk indefinitely about all of the benefits of homeschooling your kids for your family because there's really no end to them. But I wanted to give you a little bit of time because I feel like... So many people are being hit with so much information now as they're Google, frantically Googling what homeschooling is all about. They keep running into, I guarantee you, Charlotte Mason's name and because so many things are Charlotte Mason-ish. And so I wanted to go to who I deem the Charlotte Mason expert and just have you kind of bring us into who was this magical woman that has influenced so many people <laughs> and and what did she say or what principles did she put forward that are so applicable for so many families today and that go so naturally with the rhythm of how they would run their family just authentically no matter what yeah now how long does this podcast go I, oh. take as long as you want <laughs> <laughs> well I love that you ask who Charlotte was because we are coming up on the hundredth anniversary of her death in 2023, January really? of 2023. It'll be a hundred year legacy that she has left us. And um, she was a British educator who lived in the late 1800s, early 1900s, and basically started a revolution in the educational circles in Great Britain over in England. She founded her philosophy on the idea that the child is a whole person and we should teach the whole person, as we were talking before, growth as a whole person rather than dumping facts into the brain. Or in her day, it was very much treating the child as an inferior being and using threats and punishment and, you know, putting pressure on that child to have to memorize and spew back to you all these facts. That's what education looked like back then. So she started this whole revolution in how people think and in how parents were viewing their children. And it started in parents in England who were homeschooling. So I love that it started as a homeschool movement. Yes, absolutely. I had Um, missed that little tidbit. And then... (laughs) 
Yeah, I love that. That's why her six volumes of writings are called the original homeschooling series, because it was for parents who were homeschooling. And then she, the the parents loved what she had to say. And so she started a training center to train up young women who could go out and teach with her methods and philosophy, whether in these homeschool rooms as governesses back then, or they also would go into schools in in England. And I was just reading how by 1923, when she passed away, her work was influencing thousands of schools, including home schools as well as, as regular schools and classrooms all across England, which means you know tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of children had been influenced and had been brought up with this wonderful education. So that's short version of who Charlotte was. Well, that's that she's just so cool. She's so cool. I love every time I hear (laughs) people talk about her story and I may have, I probably have heard that it started, you know, with all of these children being educated at home, but you just hear more and more and more and you're able to piece it together. And it's fascinating always as is really studying anybody in history. You never get to the bottom of these amazing individuals that did so much and yet lived just like we did. They they just did the next thing. And that's always amazing to me and something we should we should not forget. But you've told us who she is, but what were these life altering, you know, like education remodeling principles that she had? One of the big ones was she had a motto for parents because they were the teachers. And it was education is an atmosphere, a discipline, a life. And you think of it like a three-legged stool. I don't know if you've got a three-legged stool at your house, Leslie, but here's a question for you. Are you ready? If you have a three-legged stool and you take one of the legs away, what happens? You're going to fall. It's always going to fall. Absolutely. And it's the same with this motto. This was her philosophy in a nutshell. You've got to have all three components to have true education. And the first one is atmosphere. And that means the atmosphere of your home, which is not dependent on the color of your carpet and how old your sofa is. It is very much dependent on the ideas that rule your life as the parent. And as your child lives life beside you, they absorb as it were, those ideas, those ideas have a huge impact on the atmosphere, or you could use the term culture that your family has, you know, there are family cultures. And that is something that Charlotte recognized way back when. So the atmosphere that you set up in your home by the ideas, the convictions that you have down to the core, that's your child is going to be one third educated as a person just from living with you in that atmosphere. And then the second leg of that stool was discipline. And by that, she meant the discipline of good habits. The idea of the teacher slash the parent intentionally instilling good habits in the child's life that will set them up for success in life. And Those habits, if you look at her list of habits, they're really what we would call character traits. 
the habit of obedience, the habit of attention, the habit of truthfulness, the habit of diligence, and how we can form our child's character by focusing on those types of habits every day in the practical day-to-day. And I love how her methods will reinforce those habits as well. It's really interesting to see how they dovetail together. So you've got atmosphere, you've got discipline. And then the third leg of the stool is life. Education is a life. And by that, Charlotte meant we need to give our children what she called living ideas, not just dry facts. So as you were saying, it is encouraging to us. It helps us grow more if we think about and get to know people in history as real people, that we know the obstacles that they came up against and the challenges that they had to overcome and how their personalities played into it and the hard decisions they faced and what were the consequences of their choices. All of those things are what makes learning come alive. It helps you form that relation that we were talking about earlier, whether it's with a person in history or with a math concept or anything in between. Giving your child the ideas is the important part of it, not just memorizing dry facts. So that's a quick overview of the big three-legged stool that a lot of her ideas sit on. And underneath it all is, as we said before, that, that foundational tenet that the child is a whole person. We are educating that whole person, mind, body, spirit, soul, everything. We have to take that into consideration when we talk about homeschooling. It's not just the academics. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think that the that those three tenets, those three legs, as you as you uh, kind of discuss them, those are something that no matter what method of education you're using, and I put that in air quotes, no matter what what path you're taking, those three tenets are going to hold no matter what. I mean, we as Christian homeschool families want to have an atmosphere that is giving our children the right opinion of who God is, of of how they relate to the world. The world doesn't spin around them. We've got, you know, all of that is set through those ideas and the atmosphere in our home. We want to instill character. We call those the homeschool subjects, the, you know, the, the, freedom, the the flexibility, the passions, all of these things, those are things that we all want to instill. And then, you know, kind of the way that we're growing together really leans into these living ideas rather than just rote memory of facts, because we're, we're all opening these things up and diving deeper and taking the learning detours and all of these things that really does go much more towards educating that child as a whole, while also and I keep returning to this, growing the parents as a whole at the same exact time, which is just an amazing, awesome benefit. But how do her specific, I guess, methods, her specific approach to tackling the day-to-day things, how do they support these, uh, these three tenets? But also, what does this look like? If you were actually kind of following or pursuing a Charlotte Mason-esque education within your family, what does that actually look like? Yeah, good question. The way that 
these would play out with Charlotte's methods is the discipline, as I mentioned, the good habits are incorporated into the methods. So for one of the big habits that Charlotte stressed a lot was the habit of full attention, Hmm. giving whatever you are supposed to be learning, turning the full gaze of your mind upon it is how she worded it. And that's a huge habit that will benefit children all, all their lives. It will benefit a lot of us all our lives. Yes. So for example, you would, and then if you bring in the life component, so let me give you the, how those two would look for about five or six of the subjects Charlotte would use what we call living books instead of textbooks. You think of a textbook, usually it reads kind of like an encyclopedia article. It usually has a short synopsis with the facts. Right. And then you're supposed to read that. And at the end of the chapter, you've got questions, fill in the blank, true, false, multiple choice. Go find the correct word, the correct fact to answer the question. That's usually what a textbook is like. But a living book is more uh, like a narrative. It is think of think of story form or literature form. So it helps you get to know this historical person as a character, as a true person in all of its facets. So it's more like a biography that gets into who that person was and all the things that they experienced, not just here's a list of their achievements and what you need to remember about them. So you would have that living book that just makes it come alive. And you will say, we're going to read a portion of this and I want you to give it your full attention. And when I am done, I want you to tell back to me what I just read in your own words. That's called narration. Now I said that I read to you, This is another thing that's really interesting with Charlotte Mason. She knew children so well. In the first three grades or so, as the child is still learning how to read fluently for himself and how to write fluently, the handwriting is still, we're trying to, you know, it's still wobbly. We're trying to get it solidified. But she knew that they could understand a whole lot more than they could read for themselves at that age. So in those subjects that we're using those good literature books, the teacher is reading it aloud to the students. So they still hear the really good, well-written books, even though they can't read them for themselves at that age. So you might read it aloud and have them tell it back to you verbally because their handwriting's still wobbly. Let's get that out of the way. We'll deal with handwriting during the handwriting lesson. Let them tell it verbally. She called it oral composition because it was. But then once they get older and they get that reading more fluent and uh, fluidly writing as well, you start making the transition to where they will be reading the passage for themselves. But they still must have the habit of reading it only once because that you want this habit of attention established. It. It's so easy for all of us, you know, if, if we know we're going to have a second shot at it, we don't give it our full attention. <laughs> that is so true. It's just human nature. So that's why Charlotte wanted this motivation in place. They are going to be required to narrate, 
There is some motivation to pay attention. And I'm going to read it only once. There's another motivation to pay full attention. But I'll tell you what, she did not overload the child. She encouraged the teacher to make sure the portion you are reading fits what the child can pay attention to if he tries. So we're going to challenge, keep them engaged, but we're not going to frustrate. We're not going to shove them off the edge of the cliff, you know, and overwhelm them as well. So that's just one example of how you see those habits of full attention. And the second big habit is best effort. How would our homeschools be different if our children had just those two habits, full attention and best effort? Life would go so much more smoothly in some of our lessons if they had those two habits. And so her methods will encourage those habits and reinforce those habits. And that's just one example of her methods. I do all day seminars on how her methods oh, do this. And I don't think we have time for that today, Leslie. No, probably but not. That's just one example. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, if you want to boil down her methods, I like to do it in three words. Great books. We're using those living books, good habits and guided discovery. A lot of her methods are we want to teach the child the habit of observation as well, to look closely for himself and see what he can learn for himself. So it would be the teacher would kind of shine a spotlight on this part of, of a picture or a composition of music or something and say, what do you notice about this? You tell me. So it's kind of guiding them to discover things for themselves. Those, that's how I like to summarize in broad strokes what her methods look like. That's, it's actually so informative to have you break it down that way, because when you boil it down to this habit of full attention, this habit of best effort, first of all, I would imagine that everyone listening was as convicted as I was at thinking of how many ways I fell in those two habits regularly. But if you overlay those in a normal family atmosphere where you are discussing things, you're reading together, you're doing life together, you really start to understand why the Charlotte Mason method fits so seamlessly into so so many family dynamics. So I would say every family dynamic because it overlays everything that you're doing naturally. It's just it's just a common sense, very natural approach to learning. Yes, it does make total sense. That was one thing that drew me to it from the beginning was as I started diving into it more and more, it's like, well, of course you would do it that way. Why wouldn't yeah. you? Or, <laughs> well, yeah, that makes total sense. That's what we're already doing. And I love how you said in a family dynamic, when we are discussing things, because I'm going to go out on a limb here. And guess that when you're discussing things, 99% of the time you are discussing ideas, not just dry facts. Exactly. I, yeah, at least 99% of the time. <laughs> because a fact <laughs> is a fact. It's limited. It is right. It is wrong. It is true. It is false. But the idea behind it is what you can break out and understand how it fits in different belief systems or how they got there or what led to it. There's so many different pathways to dive deeper into ideas. 
And it focuses on principles, timeless principles that can be applied in so many situations. That was a big thing with Charlotte was don't just give your child opinions, give your child principles. And to me, that's like, that's what God the Father does with his children. You know, he gives us principles in his word and we can use those principles and apply them in our situations just as you know, Paul did thousands of years ago and applied them in his in, in the culture in which he found himself. So it's it's very much what I, I call it common sense. But, you know, Leslie, it might be becoming less common. But we need to bring know. common sense back. We need to bring common sense in yes, families. We do. The way that, that you would just, if you threw off the shackles of what you think everybody expects of you or the distractions that you fall into so easily, if you just threw all of that away and you just behaved relationally like you're kind of hardwired to do, I think that you would find that this is the way that you're discussing things. This is the way, because this is how God created us to interact with each other. Yes, yes. And it's all based on that relationship between parent and child, the atmosphere of your home, whether you are the authority figure, but also the, the kind, good, loving parent, using that authority as a means of service as God intended it. All of that. We're back to atmosphere, discipline, and life. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Over and over. Repeat, repeat, repeat. Well, and and part of being a good parent is understanding your responsibility to instill in your children these good habits, this how they full attention, best effort, the character to do hard things. All of this is actually just what it takes to be an amazing parent. And amazing parents actually make the very best home educators because we're just following along everything that we want for our child. The education just supports. It doesn't compete with. And that's another thing I think that we all need to wrap our heads around is these things are complementary. They're not competing. That's true. Very true. The thing with character training is I was never quite sure how to instill character in my children other than you know, read a little devotional on this particular character trait. I wasn't sure how to go about it practically. What does it look like every day? And then when I started digging into Charlotte Mason habit training and the very practical nature of it, then it started to make sense. And it all connected the dots in my head that character is formed by habits. You know, if someone is known for having a truthful character, it's because he's truthful habitually, not just once in a while. And it's the same for any of these character traits. So if you want your child to have a character trait of diligence, then let's work on instilling a habit of diligence one step at a time in whatever is in front of him to do at that moment. And as you enforce, reinforce those day in and day out, just one at a time, it, I, I liken it to a plate spinner, Leslie. With habits, Charlotte encouraged us. She knew we could get overwhelmed so easily when you think about all these things I've got to teach my child, all these character traits. What am I going to do? So she said, one at a time. And I think of it like a plate spinner where you've got that pole and you put the plate on top. And this is the habit you're focusing on right now. And you get that plate spinning. Get it in place. Focus on it. She said for six to eight weeks. 
Wow. And it's interesting. Science today is exactly has caught up with her eight (laughs) weeks. Absolutely. They finally did. So (laughs) you get that plate spinning. And then once it's spinning, you can focus your attention on the next plate. Now you keep an eye on the ones that are already spinning. And if one starts to get a little wobbly, just give it a little spin, you know, but you're giving this new one your full attention. And it's the same way with the habit training, you know, one at a time, just keeping an eye on the habits that are already instilled. And you can do that. And it ends up as character that's being formed in your child. Very practical, but just astounding as so many of Charlotte's methods and philosophy ideas are. (laughs) And so, so impactful. It's just, it's unbelievably the impact that these, these little habits put together make in your children, in your family, in your relationships, in all of these different ways. It's, it's really an awesome, awesome thing to behold as kind of when you look back in your rearview mirror and you see how God used these little tiny things all through the years um, and how, how much bigger they seem now because he has woven them all together. And it's just, it's so cool. And I'm so grateful that I've had the opportunity and you've had the opportunity to see the same thing. So I hope this has been an encouragement to all of you guys who are listening in. Sonia, you mentioned habits. You mentioned the importance of them. And I know full well that you've got some books and resources on habit training. I know I took you to the beach one year and read your uh, your book on habit training for me personally. Um, so why don't you tell us about- <laughs> wait, 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 you wait, took wait, me wait, to the wait, beach. Wait. I didn't get a phone I, call there, girl. I, I know. I'm so sorry. But you- <laughs> You had a great view the whole time I was there. Beautiful breeze. Um, (laughs) But but why don't you tell everybody about some of the different resources that you do have that, you know, if they want to dive deeper in this, if they want some more information or encouragement, you've just, the Lord has allowed you to provide some really great things. And I want to make sure everybody knows where to find them and what's available there. For habit training specifically, we have a whole family of resources called Laying Down the Rails. Because Charlotte likened the whole idea of giving your child good habits to laying down railroad tracks on which they could then just smoothly run for the rest of their lives without all the wear and tear of, do I turn left or do I turn right here? You know, just just run on the rails. They're already instilled. You're good. So we've got a parent reference book that gives all the habits she talked about. We have a book for children that is full of those living ideas for each of those habits that will give scripture passages and family activities and poems and all kinds of things to help. We also have, as you mentioned, the laying down the rails for yourself, which is written for parents and for teenage students. And I would encourage you to read it together with your older student because they need to learn how to instill their own habits as they get older, because as we mentioned, it's a lifelong process that we are still working on ourselves as adults. And then there's a workshop that I do that gives you the quick start version. All of that is available on our website and we can leave a short URL in the, in the show notes for that. And then another resource that might be helpful is our podcast that you can find uh, every week. We do the Simply Charlotte Mason podcast. We talk about all kinds of resources, all kinds of ideas and practical help and encouragement for homeschoolers who are interested in these philosophies and ideas. 
Yep. So I I cannot recommend highly enough that you do connect with Sonia, that you look into her resources. They are solid. They are so helpful. And they come from someone that has been there, done that, actually sees what happens on the other side when you do. Um, And so she has an awful lot of credibility and I love her dearly. So all of those things should make you run quickly to the show notes to grab the links to go uh, connect with her there. So Sonia, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Thank you, Leslie. I've enjoyed our time together. And to everyone else, I am confident that this has been an encouragement. I wouldn't be surprised if you want to go back and listen to it again, just to make sure that you got all of the the meat and the depth of what Sonia had to share with us today. So be sure that you go check the show notes for this episode. Um, Grab those links, go check out the resources that are available there. And have a great, great rest of your day. And I look forward to talking to you again real soon. joining us today. We believe that every family is called to teach them diligently, so we're here to help. We would love to get to know you this year at one of our four live Teach Them Diligently events, and then throughout the year when you become part of the Teach Them Diligently 365 community. Check out the notes from today's show for more details about what we discussed today, as well as all of these other resources that Teach Them Diligently has to offer. Have a wonderful day, and I look forward to talking to you again real soon.